Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 320, covering Homestead and Renaissance Man. Hi, friends. I, you hear that? You hear the, you hear the smile. You hear the happiness, the, the exuberance. The, the, you, you know the lightness in, in our step. Can you actually hear it's, that through voice? The weight, through voices? The weight is almost lifted, man. Mm-hmm. We've, we, this, is the, this is the last two single episodes, one-parters, as we've taken to calling yep. them. Today we put a bullet in the last one-parter episode of Voyager. Yeah, and, and we have one, like, doubling finale to go, mm-hmm. and that's it. We're done. And uh, I've seen it before. Spoilers, it's garbage. <laughs> you knew that already. Oh, I, I, I strongly suspected that we weren't suddenly going to do a complete 180 on Voyager. We've had, even this season, we've had a couple of good episodes. And uh, honestly, Braga was heavily involved with uh, the Next Gen finale, which was pretty satisfying. I mean, like, Brandon Braga's worked on, a, like, some stuff that I've enjoyed. We've talked about this. But yeah, I, I feel like I, a lot of the time he had Ron Moore to work with. That's true. I do think he's good with character moments, and I think when I watched the Voyager finale the first time around, when it aired in 2001, and I hadn't watched the show in five mm-hmm. years, like, I didn't have anything invested in the characters. I basically just wanted to see if they got home. Right. And now maybe there's going to be some good tying up their arcs stuff that might be good. Like, maybe there's a nice moment for Balana that I wouldn't have appreciated before. That would that be nice. Now, for instance. and Or for Seven, or for Naomi, or whoever. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But uh, for, for now, there, there is some great news this week, which, which we'll get to presently. Yes. In fact, let me, let me tell you. Why, don't you. why don't you spin us a tale of Homestead? I will. The Homestead Runner. <laughs> some folks say this is a terrific episode, but they're wrong. <laughs> Those folks is wrong. Yes. I folks say it was terrible. <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. Okay, let me, let me tell you. Enacting Voyager's recent inexplicable mandate of awkwardly inserting a pointless nod to other Trek into every episode of Season 7, Neelix throws a First Contact party, which is to say he throws a party celebrating the movie First Contact by playing Zephram Yeehaw Cochran's favorite music, old-time Earth rock and roll. Oh good, it's been literally minutes since something related to old-time Earth happened. Old Bar Rodent is in the middle of talking Tuvok into doing the twist, or the Watusi, or possibly the Patty Duke. That's an old-school hip-hop reference, kids. When Voyager receives a signal from a colony of Talaxians. Great. More Neelixes. Neelixes? Does this count as going back to season one? Because it kind of feels like it should. Okay, pull out your big book of Star Trek cliches, which, ironically, is quite a small book. When these guys phone it in, they do it with one of, like, six plots. Turn to the page marked, A weaker planet is threatened by a more aggressive alien species, and one of our crew members is the one to inspire them to stand up to the bullies. Now insert the name Neelix, where it says one of our crew members, and Colony of Talaxians, where it says a weaker planet. Congratulations! You've just written this episode, and approximately 30 other episodes of various stars trek. Please see the Screenwriters Guild for your well-earned residuals and the name of a good coke dealer where you can immediately waste that money. (laughs) Fucking writers. In the process of enacting tired cliche from Star Trek number four, Neelix falls in love with a single mom, because naturally there has to be a kid in the mix somewhere here. <laughs> and after some serious diplomatic finagling by both Tuvok and Janeway, Neelix is convinced that he should actually stay here with his people and not continue on his way to Earth, a planet with which he has no history and also has no and the planet also has no interest in his gross shenanigans. And this is where the episode ends. Neelix left, and he stays gone. No more Neelix. I'm not saying this is going to make the next two episodes good, but it's certainly going to make them better. Hell, if we can find a colony of special boys where we can drop off Harold and accidentally leave Chuck behind because we thought he was a piece of Harold's furniture, I might even be coaxed into watching another season of this stupid show. Also, he's gone. Oh, dude, uh, it's amazing. I almost I couldn't because I didn't remember. Like, I fucking haven't seen this show all the way through before. I've only seen yeah. random episodes. I didn't know, know fucking Neelix no, and Bales three from the end for so the end. Yeah, like we're, we're three. We're three from the end. So it would be very easy not to know that if you didn't see the next two episodes, yeah. you wouldn't know that. What a wonderful present to give us as the as we finish up with this show. Just no more Neelix. 
Yeah, I, I guarantee he'll appear in some kind of flashback or something in the finale. You don't have a regular character like that for seven years and just don't acknowledge him in the finale. Although I kind of hope they do just because it would be so mean. Oh, it would. I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't mention Kess, but fucking, maybe I'm wrong. Fucking Ethan Phillips was like banging on the door of the Kess rap party. Hey, guys, I brought a bottle of wine. Fucking uh, um, Kate Mulgrew sticks right up. Uh, yeah, we're um, we have all the Ethan Phillipses we need right now. But then she takes the wine because she's Kate Mulgrew. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Gotta have that wine. Ah, wine in a bottle, huh? Novel. <laughs> I'll try anything once. <laughs> <laughs> no, I throughout the episode, I'm like. I, I kept, and this, probably you as well, mm-hmm. like, well, this would be a good, like, putting aside my feelings for Neil. Sure. And this is actually my good thing. Throughout the episode, I was like, this would be a good place to write him off. Because yeah. why would he go to Earth? And I actually got to say, this was a pretty good send-off for him. It makes a lot more sense to leave him here. Absolutely. And no, I, this was like, a, a shockingly, like, pretty good sort of end his character. I would say probably the best Neelix episode if you don't if you don't count Tuvix. I mean, yeah, he was barely in Tuvix, so yeah, but technically that's a Neelix episode. Sure, no, I'll allow but it. The, but otherwise, like Neelix just focusing on Ethan Phillips as Neelix. Mm-hmm. This is probably the best one he got, yeah. and pro- probably because he's leaving. But you know, <laughs> here you go one last oh, one last uh, one last hurrah. I got a yeah, hurrah you get to before ride off this? into the sunset <laughs> before we launch you into the sun. Excuse me? <laughs> Does somebody smell burning hair? Shh, your retirement party is just through here. <laughs> I the thing is it was I I like I didn't just say this for the sake of the jokes. It was a very tired cliche. How many times have we seen the planet of people who need someone from Starfleet or Starfleet adjacent mm-hmm. to show up and say you guys just need to stand up for yourselves. Oh, yeah. it's happened a million friggin' times like it's so this is ha- like this is one way or another. This is half of the epi- of the like uh, the episodes of Star Trek, you know? Yeah, all, all Star Treks, mm-hmm. like not one series, but pretty much all of them. This re- a lot of it really felt to me like uh, for the Earth is hollow or for the world is hollow. Oh, sure. And I have touched this guy. Yeah, <laughs> this guy. Mm-hmm. Hello. And this guy and this guy. I've touched every guy. <laughs> No, it, it because that was the one where Bones went to a planet full of people who needed his help, mm-hmm. and uh, if the original series had any kind of serialization or anything, he probably would have stayed. Oh, blind. that's right, he gets married in that one or something. Yeah, and it's like, and all right, because, I'll come back and get married and be married to you when the series is over. Yeah, and that's they've come back to that in a million unrelated novels. By the way, I never went like, back. Uh, he did in like depending on how canon you think books are, but all the books I've read on on that contradict each other. So that's the that's go. the disco planet he went to between the original series and uh, the motion picture. Yeah, when they called him back, he he still was dressed for it. What the hell do you want? I was in the middle of Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> no, he was curing their Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> He's a doctor, not a disco duck. Oh shit, that's way better. C- c- cut all this out and then just put that in. <laughs> That's punch up, man. No, it, it, but it did feel a lot like like that and several other episodes like, oh, boy, these Talaxians are timid. And Neelix has learned in his time in Starfleet that you need to stand up for yourself. Mm. OK, whatever. To save your stupid asteroid home. And I'm going to just go ahead into my bad thing right now. Why are we acting like the Talaxian homeworld, which I guess is Talax, which also is stupid. Mm. But why are we acting like that's right around the corner? Yeah, like l- these guys just built a treehouse in their backyard. Yeah, like they've been moving away from Tal- Talax since episode one, like for for six years. Uh-huh. And they've had a couple of extra boosts from the outside. Yeah. Like Q pushed them a little further. Kess pushed them a little further. I think there was a war. There have been, been a couple of uh, uh, boosts. Yeah. So so. Six years at maximum warp, even accounting for all the uh, all the stopping, mm. is still pretty far. And then all that, mm. there is no possible way these guys who are way less advanced than Starfleet got this far and and had a colony. There's there's unless no they're way. doing like a generation ship and they just didn't say that. I, so or, a, a ship full of t- Talaxians fucking each other. Oh God, can you imagine just a Talaxian Talex- orgy ship? Oh God, can you imagine the mess? Oh, <laughs> mm. just matted hair. <laughs> it's like you know how they are they talk about how they built their station out of three of their ships 
Uh-huh. There's just like like doors are made of like thick pubic hair just glued on. Oh. Yep. By the way, all Talaxian hair is pubic hair. I think we you know, just so we're clear there. Yeah, if if uh if they didn't grow pubes, they'd be they'd be smooth. Mm-hmm. They'd be like one of those cats that doesn't have any hair. Oh god. And here's your sm- it- here's your smooth Neelix. Hello. <laughs> I can wriggle through anything. It's uh it's it's your Mr. Bigglesworth variant. Oh of, uh, god. Of A locked door, eh? That's no problem for me. Grease me up, boy. <laughs> hey, this is the send-off for Neelix. We gotta get all this out of our systems. Like, he'll probably come up once or twice uh-huh. after this, but really, this is our chance to get rid of all of it. So I just wanna see. You guys remember Neelix? No. Mm, doesn't ring a bell. Ne- Fucking Neelix. Tuvok just walking around the ship whistling. <laughs> The thing is, he's not quite as hardcore Vulcan as as we think. Mm-hmm. He's just had to be that way for the last six years. He's gone. I'm free. Fuck all of be- you. This is the best day of my life. If I could see my wife and kids, this day would be perfect. Uh-huh. Learns to. T- That's the only thing missing from my life now. Learns to tap dance. <laughs> there really was a dancing sequence. I didn't make that up. No. At the beginning, they're doing their stupid tortured 50s thing, and he's like, come on, Mr. Vulcan, cut a rock. Oh, and by, uh, and by the way, this episode opens on a shot of a jukebox playing, like, rock and roll music, and my first note yeah. is, Voyager! That's been Voyager for the last, I mean, all along, but especially, like, the last season or yep. two. We open on some very not 24th century in space thing. Yep. And and yeah, the whole time Neelix is like, yeah, you should dance, Master Vulcan. And then they do that. They do that genuinely sweet thing that they do in a Star Trek show. And they've done it in next gen and DS9 where the whole crew lines up in the hallway while you're walking to your to the shuttle bay to yeah. leave. They did it when uh, Worf left, uh, I think, DS9. Uh, yeah. He was going off to be a, a, like a Klingon. And they, that, that was that was next gen. But then they next, also did okay. it. They also did it for Cisco, I think, when he left. Uh, OK. It's come up a few times, and it's usually a Ron Moore trick, I think, because it's very, like, he loves all that military circumstance stuff, and, like, and I, I'm I'm a sucker for that as well. Oh, when sure, I it's, see, a really like, gr- it's a really gr- great way to, you know, send the character off. And they always look, they're all, they always look like they're going to sneak off the ship. Yeah. Like, it's, every, every then, time this happens, like, no, I was just about to leave. And then every, like, literally everyone you know in their uniform standing at attention mm-hmm. to see you off. And the, But then, like, Tuvok moves his foot back and forth once or twice. There, I dance. Now get the fuck off the ship. Yep. I like that. There, there's, a whole, there's a whole really good scene. This is actually my good thing. There's a whole really good scene between Tuvok and, and Neelix. Just them talking. Like, Tuvok, Neelix is basically fretting about what to do about these, these Talaxians that are basically going to get, lose their homes. And fucking Tuvok comes in and gives him advice that's all like, well, I can't do anything because I'm in Starfleet. But if you think about it, you aren't. Yeah. And look, it, the prime director doesn't apply to you, wink. And as someone who weren't, if I were to say do this, this, this and this. Yeah. You could maybe win this war with these guys. Now, I can't actually do anything to help you. But it, and if I told you anything like that, it would be totally abusing my my inside knowledge as a Starfleet tactical officer. Yeah, but, but it's I, a, I'm not telling you that. It's so. a really good scene and kind of a nice end to their relationship. Let's go yeah, with they, well, the, their arc. Arc, yes. Just call it an arc because it's it's you know they they're they're the, the the relationship between the two of them has developed over time. Sort of. The thing is, I interpret it like I know what it was supposed to be. And mm. I think you read it this way. It was it was supposed to be a s- sort of sweet for Tuvok thing. Yeah. Where, like, I'm helping this guy. What I saw it as, I will say anything I can to get him the fuck off my ship. It's like, wait, you're leaving? Wait, no, no. You know what? There, 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 there's a whole family that you could live with that's not here? You would. This is a this is a serious ethical violation, but you know what? I'm just going to pretend uh, that that this is for the greater good because it gets you off the ship. Uh, why don't you go here? Like seriously, the scene that scene, and then there's also a scene with Kate where she's kind of sort of subtly talking sure. him into it. It's Amanda made this joke last time she was on. I think Neelix, we have a very special mission for you. <laughs> like, it felt like that. It felt like they were trying to nudge him out the door without being obvious about it. <laughs> I, that might not have been intentional, but that's how I chose to interpret it. Put a six-year-old in a mouse trap and just waited, <laughs> lure him out. But, uh, the thing is, okay, Naomi showed up in this, which was great. Uh-huh. 
and, and, and apparently went again, through a fucking growth spurt. Like, am I crazy? Yeah. Well, no, she did. The thing is, she hasn't been on the show much. I guess that's like, true. Yeah. We haven't seen her in probably a year of production time and at this point. Kids fucking grow up real fast. Yeah. So this is between like eight and nine or something. Yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm speculating. I don't actually sure. know. But yeah, you know, it's been a while and kids grow. Um, but uh, and and putting aside our our jokes about Neelix and whatever, these two have been, you know, close. Like Naomi's got basically two. Well, three if you count the captain. Mm-hmm. But really, Neelix and Seven are, are her pals. Yeah. And then sometimes the captain. So if you're sending Neelix off, you kind of have to check in with all the people he's he's got relationships with. Yeah, it was actually with. nice of them to bring back Naomi for this episode, because, I mean, yeah. at this point in the series, they, they didn't have to do that. Yeah, that said, though, and again, I, I'm trying to be relatively objective as far as, okay, looking at this the way they intended mm-hmm. it and and putting aside our sort of tasteless pedophile jokes. <laughs> but there is a an actual thing he says where you're really growing up. You don't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what what else could that mean? She's still not an adult, so she still needs help. Mm-hmm. It really, to me, sounded like I'm not into you anymore because you're not very young. And it was gross. (laughs) I don't want it to be like that. I'm not looking to make a tasteless joke there, but ew. I mean, I didn't pick uh, up on that, so you just might be a monster, Al. Uh, That that could be. Or maybe I just hate Neelix a little more than you. That's entirely possible. I don't know if it is, actually. (laughs) I mean, Uh, look, just because it's possible doesn't mean it's happening. Well, all right. Uh, what was your bad thing? Uh, what was my bad thing? Oh, um, the, the kid Neelix adopts is real gross looking. Like, okay. that's some bad fucking makeup. He, he's got like a, I, I don't know what it is, but I guess the Talaxian makeup just doesn't transfer to a small boy because it looks like someone inflated his head. Well, there's that whole thing with child actors where they can't, like, they can't be in the makeup chair quite as sure. long. So they probably had to, to cut some corners. It's kind of like Alexander. They mm. had to, like... This this suggests Klingon, but we can't be p- applying makeup to this kid for four hours because he's a kid. That must be it, because now that you mention it, he actually reminded me a lot of very young Alexander. Yeah. Very young, not very the best looking Alexander. Yeah, where they just threw the forehead on him and kind of like sealed up the cracks. Yeah, and that was there it. you go. Perfect. Now you're yeah, a Klingon. Done and done. You know what? We're putting you in a scene with Michael Dorn, and if he's in the frame, we can't even see you. So. <laughs> His shadow will engulf you, Michael. We can't see Alex. We can't see Brian. You're, yeah, you're uh, you're taking up all the room. Good. Yeah, that's fine. This will look real good right? for my Captain Wharf pitch. Have you have you you've mic'd him right so you can hear him? That's that's all you. Good do. enough. <laughs> I'm Michael Dorn. <laughs> um, I really don't have much to say about the actual Talaxians, though. No, they were fine. They were there. The The idea that they tried to present me with an attractive Talaxian was very off-putting. <laughs> like, the, the lady he ends up with, it just, like... Yeah, it, the it, single mom. When she shows up, she's very clearly like, oh, I'm an attractive Talaxian. And I'm like, mm, does not compute. <laughs> I didn't get that, but her voice was very much like Kess, mm. and I don't know if that was intentional or not. Oh, weird. Like, I didn't notice that. As I Kess has a... And I've never been able to pinpoint exactly what this is. Like, there's something unique about the way she speaks. It's, 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 it's like, Captain. It's not quite a speech impediment, no. but it's the way she hits certain consonants. I know exactly what you're talking really about. unique. Yeah. Yeah, and this this lady did that, too. And I think that might have been intentional. I think, like, just a very subtle, like, okay, we're casting Neelix's love interest. Let's let's let's, let's cast someone who kind of reminds people of his, of his last love interest. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe not. I might have been reading too I much. I mean, they didn't that, put her I, in any jumpers, you know. but. Mm, you know. No, they're Talaxians. They all have to wear awful, ugly, like, like, um, uh, Hawaiian shirt onesies, basically. Mm. There's a look. Yep. I mean, that's, is, I mean, or clown suits, as you call them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know? I'm, that more went to the fact that he was a clown. So what else <laughs> would he wear? That just reminds me of, and I don't remember who said this on Twitter now, but this is one of my favorite jokes, like, in recent memory, mm. is th- the worst insult for someone is, who's this clown? <laughs> because, one, you're calling them a clown, and two, you're implying that they're not even a well-known clown. <laughs> I love that joke. That's so good. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't I don't remember who said it, but uh, I've seen it retweeted That's been floating and around the internet for a while now. It has, and it makes me laugh every time. Oh man. Yeah. Uh what else? Uh I'll just look it over my notes here. Uh Oh fucking so the kid uh so the the episode basically starts with like everyone ends up in these talax like imprisoned by these talaxians. Mm-hmm. Like they find Neil like Neelix exploded or something and they put him back together. Right. Yeah. And for a minute there I'm like, is this the is this the Voyager version of misery? <laughs> We're your number one fan. <laughs> I'm gonna break I'm gonna break your foot off if you don't make me some hair pie. <laughs> You cockadoody bar rodent didn't get out of the cockadoody shuttlecraft, <laughs> and so on in this fashion. Uh huh. But so yeah. there's a point. Neelix is basically like in like a prison cell, and the uh, and the ugly kid comes and visits him, and it, he's holding like a spaceship. And all I can think is, is that the Boba Fett action figure's backpack? <laughs> and then he uses the real shooting missile to get him out of the jail. Yeah, exactly. And then he shoots <laughs> his own eye out because that's why those don't exist. That? Yeah, and then he then he just plays with jarts because those are fine. Uh huh. Lawn jarts. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, they were lawn darts, but the the brand name was jarts. No. Here, Which this sh- like this will a- fit right under your foot. Oh yeah. Hey, we had those. They were awesome. <laughs> I was I was briefly a kid in the seventies, not for very long. Like I was born in the mid seventies, so I don't remember much. But I I was around for jarts. Mm-hmm. From what I know of the mid seventies, it's a miracle any children survived it. I, well, the thing is, it's like a it's like a survival of the fittest thing. Those of us who did live are stronger. We consumed our weaker brethren. Yeah, they they uh, stabbed themselves in the brain with jarts, and then we ate their hearts. This ch- this kid choked. That's a, that's a poem. <laughs> this kid choked on a Battlestar Galactica missile and deserves it. <laughs> yeah, come on, old school Battlestar Galactica, terrible. Why would you even buy toys for that? Honestly, just buy some. You know, Star Wars exists, right? And if you can't get those, I don't know, get some, like, the black hole toys. Oh, yeah. That? They had some pretty I mean, kick-ass looking robots. I don't, I, I haven't actually seen that movie, or if I did, I don't remember it, mm-hmm. but I remember the, the design stuff looking good. Oh, yeah. I had a children's picture book of the black hole for some reason. <laughs> huh. I was one of those ones where, like, the adults that were around me as a child were like, oh, Matthew likes these. I, this is made by Disney. This is probably fine. Here you go. It's got a robot in it. You like those. I mean, uh-huh. I do. Well, yeah, that's... Do a little research next time. (laughs) This isn't Star Wars or Star Trek. Nope. Stargate doesn't exist yet. You can just get me stuff that says Star. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Anything else? Eh. No. Uh, I I, Actually, this is a good time to read a letter that we got uh, from Flonk. Oh. uh, Regarding Neelix. And I figured... (laughs) Regarding Neelix. Neelix Yeah, it's it's uh, Neelix gets shot in the brain and then gets amnesia and uh, learns how to be a better person. Ah, that that was actually the plot of regarding Henry. <laughs> if you didn't know that, um, but th- since this is about Neelix, I figure if we get this out of the way, we don't have to talk about Neelix like next week or for the supplemental. Sure. He says, so here's the thing that's been bothering me about Neelix. Yes, just this one thing. <laughs> so he calls Tuvok Mr. Vulcan, and it comes across like he thinks that Vulcan is Tuvok's last name. But Neelix doesn't have a last name. He's got no reason at all to expect that Tuvok would have a surname. The whole thing makes no sense unless his name is Neelix Talaxian, but that just raises further questions. <laughs> Sorry, I had to just get this off my chest. Signed, Flonk Human. <laughs> I really have nothing to add to that. I think that speaks for itself. Yep. But uh, I thought that this would be a good time to bring that up. <laughs> uh, my quote is, okay, so uh, when... Neelix is showing, as Matt calls him, the ugly kid around... The um, ugly one! <laughs> around Voyager like he fucking owns the place. Uh-huh. Which irritated me, but I kind of let that go because we're, we're done now. Um, he's like, and over here is the holodeck. And the kid says this. What's a holodeck? And it just made me wish that everyone thought that. I, I would love it if this whole show was like, what's a holodeck? Mm-hmm. Hey, we have but, no idea. Yeah. Nope. Never heard of we it. Sure Moving waste on. Half the series in there. Nope. All right. Uh, anyway, we can now wash our hands of Neelix. Yep. Or at least for one episode. Like I say, he'll probably come back for the finale. Go- you know. Goodbye, Neelix. We'll see you in hell. Yeah. 
I'm not, I, look, I may end up in hell. I'm not going to speak to that, but I definitely am not in the same hell that Neelix is. The special hell. <laughs> I, in the truest sense, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Pushing forward now to Renaissance Man. Wasn't that a movie with Polly Shore? Probably. I feel like it was. Where he moves in with a Renaissance painter or something. I that that feels about. Hey right. man, I thought I could improve your painting, buddy. Is this the Renaissance, buddy. Well, now I got to look this up because this is gonna bug me. <laughs> so st- stand by on your uh, on your summary while I wait. Al looking up a list of Polly Shore movies. Oh God, no! I'm looking up Renaissance Man, 1994 film. It might also I feel like it might also be a a Steven Seagal movie. Uh, no, it, it actually featured Danny DeVito, and I'm not sure why I possibly could have confused Danny DeVito and Polly Shore. Maybe maybe I had a stroke. Mm. No, I think this movie was out on VHS around the same time as a bunch of Polly Shore movies that I was forced to watch when I worked in a video store. Oh, God. Sort of Speaking of special hell. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the movie Son-in-Law probably 20 times. Ugh. God, no one deserves that. I, I know. And now I have to watch Voyager. Anyway, sorry sorry to distract you. Uh, please. No, no, that was all very important. <laughs> with your summary of Rena Isant's man. All right, so Kate comes back from a routine road trip with the doctor, shaken and indifferent. I imagine this is fairly typical of anyone who's had to spend their time with the doc's opera, the doc's singing, and the doc in general. That dude is insufferable. But no, what's actually happened is that Kate's been Kate-napped by those cone-heady Vogons from a couple episodes back, and they're trying to trick Voyager out of their warp drive like some sort of interstellar flim-flam man, which, incidentally, is a better name for this episode. So, the bizarre new Kate is actually the Doctor in a holographic disguise, and that dude works real, real hard for his kidnappers, ignoring direct orders from Kate so that he can instead knock out Chuck and Harry and hide them in the morgue. Okay, okay, I kind of see what he's going for there. Anyway, so eventually Tuvok realizes what's been going on and proves himself unbamboozleable like most Vulcans. And then the Doc does some Matrix-style kung fu because I guess he can do that? Would have been real useful in every other fucking episode of this show. And then back on the Vogon ship, Kate escapes somehow or something. Back on Voyager, the Doctor is punished in the typical Voyager fashion of no punishment. And then he sings a song about recycling or something. Ugh. So I, I'm amused because I'm, I'm looking at your, like, we, we, we keep these summaries in a, in a Google Doc sure. that we share so we can both see them. And I'm looking at the, uh, the, the spell check underlines mm-hmm. and the words Kate-napped, cone-heady, and unbamboozable. Mm-hmm. For some reason, inexplicably. Unbamboozleable, uh-huh. sorry. Are, are for some inexplicable reason not in Google's dictionary. Uh, we really need to add that. Unbamboozleable is a great word. I, absolutely, all of these are great words, is my point. And of course, Kate napped. How else are you going to describe so, someone named Kate being stolen? There's the no word is, for it. Back before, who, it's Pocketbooks who has the, uh, the the Star Trek license, right? Yeah, I believe so. Before them, who had it, like, in the 70s where there were those, like, crazy, barely Star Trek books? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, uh, no, I know exactly what you mean. Is it Bantam, I think? I had think it's before? Bantam. I couldn't tell you. All of my Star Trek books are in boxes. Ah, but you know the books I'm talking about. Yeah, like Spock's uh, World, stuff like that. Like, they're really uh, No, 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 before, before Spock's World, even. This is, this is like, that was in the 80s, oh, and I think that was... That's an 80s book? Jesus Christ, okay. Yeah, pretty sure. No, there were, this was back when they still were allowed to call the Romulans, like, the Riansu, and, like, there was all this... Oh, fuck, yeah, okay. Before Next Gen, because they, they filled in a bunch of gaps that then Next Gen went back and contradicted. But anyway, there were books like Spock Must Die, exclamation point. Yes, okay, that's and a great fucking title. Kate Napped sounds like it should be one of those is my Kate point. Napped. It should be Kate Napped exclamation yeah, point yeah. with a with a super like uh like like an artist who would draw for heavy metal magazine drawing Kate like in a jail cell or maybe tied to a chair or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uniforms all torn up. Yeah. I I don't think I like this episode. No. I, I don't really did I, up, I really hate uh, basically like that my big problem with this episode, this is my bad thing. The doc is mm-hmm. awful in this. The, the dude, like I mentioned this in my summary, the dude goes out of his way to fucking like try to help out these these uh these alien guys. Mm-hmm. Like the, at no point does he like try to alert anyone on the crew that something's going on or anything. He yeah. keeps having it almost feels like a fucking joke that he keeps having to knock people out and hide them in the morgue. Yeah. 
But like at one point, Kate even like says to him, I am issuing you a direct order. You are not giving these guys our warp drive. Leave me. They'll kill me. Problem solved. The rest of the ship can get out of here. And yeah, he one j- person is worth sacrificing to get 150 people home. And the doctor's like, no, no, I will yep. do anything. I will. Uh, I will. We will lose the warp core. We will settle on another planet if we have to. I don't give yep. a shit as long as you live. It's really dumb. And, like, and how many times has this character done this now? This is definitely not out of nowhere. He keeps doing this and they keep letting it. Yeah, there's always that like, oh, well, I know better than the rest of than everyone. Like, yeah. especially at this this late in the fucking series. Yeah. And, and it's terrible. You know what? What else? Well, I'm still in a fucking rant about this. So then yeah. when he thinks he's go- like the his hologram gets fucked up or something by the aliens and he actually thinks he's going to get like deleted. And so mm-hmm. what he does is tells everyone in the crew like all of these horrible things he's done, he, like he's done to them. Yeah. Instead of a touching goodbye to each one of them, he reveals some horrible, embarrassing secret in front of everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Like. The doctor's a piece of shit, and yeah. I, I I thought about this a lot. I it didn't come up, but a couple episodes back, um, the the episode where the where he writes the uh, the the Voyager novel, mm-hmm. yeah, about how great he is, and, and how terrible everyone around, and him how is. terrible everyone else is, and I thought the exact same thing here as I thought then. I'm like, this is what you think of your friends? Yeah, you're no, a horrible the- fucking person. Near the end of any show like this, any what workplace show they call them, mm-hmm. because it's about people in a workplace, like you're really supposed to emphasize how close these people have come yeah. and how much like a family they are now. Like that's usually the move, especially in Star Trek. Uh-huh. And uh, he's kind of not on board with that. Yeah, no, I don't like Which any of nuts. these idiots. And the thing is, early on, like it's interesting to me because we went through. You went through a similar arc with Worf Mm -hmm. where you remembered liking the character. Then we started watching him and you liked him and then you gradually didn't like him. But you always like you always acknowledged this is good writing. I still want to watch the character, but they made him an unlikable person. I don't like Worf the character, but I respect everything they did with it. Like the fact that they made me feel so strongly about that character. But it's a a well-written, unlikable character. Exactly. Like I feel like all of that was intentional and like. Yeah. Like, whereas that's here, part of that character. Whereas here, you and I both have pretty much experienced the same arc with the Doctor, which is we liked it. We remembered liking him. Mm-hmm. We remembered him being one of the only good things about the show because that's what people remember. Like a lot of what we have done on this show is sort of gone in with with the conventional wisdom of, oh, you know, Captain Kirk always gets the girl. And oh, you know, mm-hmm. like just all the stuff everyone knows. And in this case, it was, oh, Robert Picardo is one of the few good things about this show. And it turns out, well, yeah, at first, but he gradually got really unlikable and not in the way Worf was not in an interesting, deep, good evolution of the character, but kind of unlikable in real life way. Sure. Just in a, I don't want to watch this character. Uh, way. I spend a lot of time just looking at the doctor and wanting him to shut up. Like if they just turned him off and lived out the rest, like say the second half of season seven without him, mm-hmm. it would probably be a better show. Yeah. And that's sad because he was one of our favorites in the first couple seasons. Well, the thing is, in theory, like he's a great take on the, you know, the Star Trek character of the the non-human who's learning about being human, you know? Yeah, except when Seven showed up, that became her thing. And, and she I did it a hundred times better. Yeah, and I think they realized that and gave the doctor something else. And what they gave him was smug, arrogant unlikability. Yeah. And it's okay. Nailed it. If that's what you were going for, but to the point where I don't want to watch him. Yeah. Whereas again with Worf, he was, I I got your point, Mm -hmm. but I still liked why I wanted to see what he was going to do next. Whereas I could not care less about the doctor. Yeah. So it's really infuriating, honestly. Like, yeah. Watching them take a good character and just gradually mess it up. Yeah. Because like they like, you know, you go back to the early, the earlier seasons, like even like season five, you know, he hadn't gotten completely insufferable yet. Like, no, there's a character I really enjoy. And just I the thing is, he's only got his two like we've talked about this before. He's only got like his two or three tricks. Yeah. And they keep doing those instead of like evolving or the character or whatever. I think I would say they did a better job with data, but I would say data had a similar problem. Mm-hmm. Like Data was first of all more likable. Oh sure, he was he was naive and innocent and and just just cute. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like Brent Spiner played him kind of cute, and uh, you know, even when he was kind of like, well, I am superior and I will delete the program that says I love you mm-hmm. and like all the stuff that would make you want to punch him is like, ah, he's still kind of cute and yeah. sad. 
And I, it's like, but after seven years, they, they kind of ran out of stuff to do with him. And that's when they started making him dream. And that's when in the movies, they gave him the emotion chip. And I feel like this kind of character maybe doesn't have seven years in them. That might be part of the problem. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I maybe not. I don't know. But with these writers anyway. Yeah. Like, um, go ahead. The, like, it's just the, 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 one of the, one of the things he tells the, the guys before he, when he thinks he's about to get deleted is that he's been, he'd been keeping notes on Kate about all of her command, the command decisions oh, he didn't agree with. Yeah. Which, first yeah. of all, fuck you. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But secondly, like, the doctor is a character now. I, I don't think that's a thing that character would stop doing. Yeah. Like, it feels like that's a thing he did as recently as last week when she snapped at him or something. Mm-hmm. And that's that really irritates me. Yeah, that's that's bordering on insubordination. That's that's almost blackmail. Yeah. Like it's it's half a step away from I've got a bunch of dirt on you. All he's then got to say is I'm going to give it to someone and it's fucking blackmail. Mm-hmm. What? No, that's Knock it off. That's horseshit. Fuck yeah, you. That is. Yeah, I wouldn't. I And I wouldn't accept that from any like any Starfleet officer, regardless of whether he's a hologram or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's yeah, that is unacceptable. Yeah, and again, no, no punishment whatsoever. Like, yeah, the dude fucking. What, what, what she said was, "We're gonna take your mobile emitter away for a week, but you've already not had it for a week, so we'll call it time served." Fuck you! Like what? No, that's not pun- punishment. Is not like, oh well, you went and hid in a room for six days. So I mean, that's like jail or whatever. Yeah, so we're gonna say you've already been in jail and you've been punished. No, that's re- <clears throat> yeah. Fucking ignored a direct fucking order. And by direct, I mean she yelled it at his face. You don't get much yeah. more direct than that. Than from the captain. It didn't go through Chicote or, or anyone else. Mm-hmm. It came right from her mouth. But no, fucking, like, all right, well, I guess you don't get anything, and let's go have lunch. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, I will say there were some okay things in this episode. Um. I feel like because I, I going into this, I obviously knew it was the last episode before the finale. And I was curious, who's it going to focus on? Are we going to get another Harry Kim episode? Are we going to like maybe we'll focus on someone I like? Like, who knows? This is the last sort of focus on a single character episode. And while it was ostensibly about the doctor, I feel like a lot of different characters got stuff to do in this mm-hmm. one, which it doesn't always happen. Like it's it's a thing I like to point out when it does, because this so rarely feels like an ensemble show. It feels like this week it's Chakotay's turn. This week it's Tom's turn. And this one felt kind of like everyone was on the team and maybe losing Neelix helped with that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I, that wasn't everyone even a joke. together I'm, to get over the loss of Neelix. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even mean that as a joke. What I mean is now that you don't have to worry about writing the non-Starfleet guy, it's a lot easier to write something for all the main characters because everyone has a designated job to do. Sure. You don't have to work in something for the guy who makes the food. <laughs> but what's the cook doing this week? Yeah. Who, who cares? <laughs> um, also, hey, how about this? this is, no one gives a shit. <laughs> also, this is my good thing. Uh, uh-huh. While, while Kate is imprisoned, she does some downright Kirkish taunting of her jail. Oh yeah. No, it, it, it seriously reminded me. Of the times when Kirk would either outsmart a computer or outsmart whoever had imprisoned him. And basically, there's a bit of Doctor Who in there, too. Yeah. There's a bit of that, yeah, you got me in jail, but you know what? I'm smarter than you, and with with my wits and my voice, I will get myself out of this. And it was cool seeing her do that. That's not a trick they give her very often. There's a, there's a scene where she's talking about how, like, I think it's that she's talking about the Doctor, and she's like, you're ne- he's going to get away, and you're never going to find him. And I kept thinking of that se- the speech from uh, uh, Last Crusade. The <laughs> he'll blend in. It, yeah, exactly. He'll, he'll blend yeah. in, disappear. You'll never see him again. He speaks 30 languages. And then you cut to the Doctor. Does anyone speak English? Or how about ancient Greek? <laughs> That's one of my favorite comedy smash cuts of all time. I fucking love Last Crusade. That scene is so fucking good. Yeah, it is. Um, but no, she had she had some good like, and again, it it wasn't out of character. They just don't do it very mm. often. And it was good just seeing her outsmart someone without giving her the crutch of having crew to help her or science stuff to do. It was all just you know what I've got to puzzle my way out of this. And all I got is what I can say to this guy. I got no other like, yeah, <laughs> no other resources. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, I probably pointed this out last time these guys showed up, but uh, these Vogon guys suck. 
I know we've seen them before, and I kind of remember the one where they're eavesdropping on the doctor and they think he's great or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't really remember their deal. What irritated me was at the beginning of the episode, part of their uh, bamboozling. <laughs> that is a good word. I love that um, word, man. It's pretty good. Uh, part part of their grift is <laughs> that there's this unstoppable like alien force in this part of the Delta Quadrant, and you've already been in their territory for like a week, and it's too late, and they got to take your warp core now. And at first, I was like, well, it's a bit late, but at least they're introducing an actual threat that isn't the Borg. That's mm-hmm. cool. And for like, I was hopeful that it was actually an interesting adversary because we've had so few of them. Yeah. Like, we've had a couple, Species 8, <laughs> no, we're okay. No. The Borg were okay until Unimatrix Zero. Um, and, uh, oh, and the, the Vidians were all right. Like, mm. there have been a couple, but there have been way more misses than hits. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping we'd have one last, like, oh, some cool alien adversaries one more time. Yeah. You know what we got but, instead is a lot of guys who look like unfinished Cardassians. I've noticed that a lot lately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, in the last episode, the guys who were trying to muscle the Talaxians out definitely felt like Tala- uh, uh, Cardassians that it's like they, there's like five stages to the makeup and they got to stage three and they're just like, eh, good, good enough. enough. <laughs> Get them out there. Those are the weird square looking like the guys who had weird, like perfect squares all over them. Right. I think so. I think they were, as I recall, their their faces were divided into like quadrants. You know, the square, nature's uh-huh. nature's favorite shape. Yeah, it it occurs everywhere in nature. Yeah, I can't think of one example where a square naturally occurs. <laughs> That's my point. Nature yeah. nature does not, uh, as a rule, do straight lines, except for maybe nature, uh, honeycombs. There are two things nature abhors: a vacuum and squares. And a big truck it likes to work on. <laughs> uh, what was your good thing about this episode? What the fuck was my... Oh, fucking... As I mentioned earlier, uh, Harry, Kim, and Chuck both end up in the morgue. It's just like that dream I had. <laughs> well, it's like I said in my summary. They got rid of Neelix. They get rid of the other two. We're... Uh, now we're cooking. Now, we, now you got a stew going. By the time the doc's putting the second the second cast member into the fucking morgue, and they're trying to make it look all all like insidious and shit, and all I can think uh-huh. of is like, okay, so we're just gonna stack the crew in here. Is that the plan? Apparently, like it legit. Time- by the time he's attacking Tuvok, and Tuvok beats the shit out of him. Yep. Uh, like it's like, oh, so we're just gonna we're just working our way through the crew. Yeah. No, every time he gets discovered, his his good great plan instead of talking his way out of it mm. is to just incapacitate them. Uh, yeah. You don't think people are going to start noticing that when you, like, I mean, for all my f- problems with Chakotay, he is the second most important officer on the ship. People are going to notice he's gone. Yeah, especially, especially with Kate kidnapped, like, uh, oh, yeah. kidnapped, there's a good word for it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really work for me. <laughs> Man, we haven't seen the captain or the se- the first officer or that fucker who just won't go away in a long time. I wonder where they all went. Huh. Oh, well. <laughs> Guess I'm taking orders from Carrie. Oh, wait. Where'd no, he... he's dead. Oh, yeah. We never had a funeral for him, did we? God, we're monsters. Oh, God, we're the worst. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spent three days planning Neelix's farewell party. Couldn't even yeah. show up for uh, Carrie's and he was, funeral. He was, he was leaving voluntarily. Yep. Like, he was happy to go to be off with his, his new love and his people, and uh, we threw him a party. But now uh, this guy who died so that we could retrieve some old garbage, eh. Whatever. Got that old garbage, though. Look at this thing. Mm. Yeah, look. Did, did Starfleet's going to be so happy with us when we bring this back home. Oh, yeah, man, it's really leak, leaking radiation, too. This is really toxic for everybody. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to end up looking like half the races in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Mel- melty face toxic Avenger guys. <laughs> Man, it was a real mistake picking this thing up. Oh, well. Also, I feel like when they get back to Earth, uh, they're they're just going to throw that in that warehouse where the Lost Ark is. Yep. And everything else, just like Rosebud is in there. Like, there's just a giant hangar. Like, they don't care. Got Great. top men looking one. after that thing. Yeah. Thanks, Porkins. I appreciate it. Top that. men. All right, Porkins. Okay, I get it. Jesus. Uh, make sure you don't I, knock I, it over when uh, you make the fourth movie. My um my bad thing about this episode. Okay, I actually liked a lot of the clever stuff they did with the Doc's Hollow abilities. Mm-hmm. I, I you correctly point out where were these abilities all along? Yeah, like I, I can cool. I can understand the um the not using the turning into other characters. And actually, I can understand the Doc not wanting to do that because it's him. Like 
Well, well, and it's kind of an ethical thing. Why would I? Why would I make myself look like anyone else? I'm already perfect. That's true. No, I like the idea. Like it was similar to when Data would either go crazy or have to take over the ship for whatever reason and do people's voices. Only it was like a step beyond that. Sure. And I don't know. It was kind of cool in 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 the abstract. Like I didn't like the actual story, but I liked the idea that he could take out Chakotay, then pretend to be Chakotay, mm-hmm. then take out Harry and pretend to be Harry. Like to to achieve each next goal, he could he could knock the person out and become them, and you know stuff like that. But then he started doing the running on the wall kung fu stuff, and a lot of it just felt like, and this was made in 2000 or 2001, Mm -hmm. so someone just got the Matrix on video and said, well, let's put this in Star Trek. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. And the Matrix was still very new, and and I'm sure you're, like, we're now getting into a period where you'll actually, like, be old enough to remember this. Oh, yeah. Like, it it, really, everyone was fucking blown away by that movie. Like, I think it was pretty good, Mm -hmm. but it for a big blockbuster movie, it did a lot of stuff that people hadn't seen before. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it kind of like, then everyone did bullet time for a hundred years in all, all movies. Mm-hmm. But, and every, and every, every protagonist in every movie wore a black leather jacket. Uh huh. I, I don't know that that made it up, but it definitely made people want to do it more. Mm-hmm. But uh, it definitely felt like Star Trek is like, Ooh, yeah, the matrix, we can do that. Yeah, with is really so. Robert Picardo he's, is your Keanu Reeves, really? You spent so much time thinking if you could, you didn't know if you should, <laughs> and you should. Fucking Robert Picardo is the least kung fu man I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's, and Everybody, well, that's only because, oh, but only because Neelix just left. <laughs> they should really amend that song to "Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting" Ex- asterisk except Robert Picardo. <laughs> Whoa, ho, ho, ho. Uh-huh. Do, 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 uh, do, do, do. What else? Ugh. Um. Looking at my notes here. There are not a lot. Nah, me neither. Yeah, no, mostly this is a lot of me just yelling at the doctor. I mean, you know, this is this is where we find ourselves. The thing is, you only have to watch the doctor for 90 more minutes and then never again. That's true. And Chakotay, and so on and so on. And the rest. Well, there's guys I'm going to miss. Not many, but... I, I, I We've talked about this. Over half. Mm-hmm. I like over half the characters on the show. Yeah. Which I, like, going into Enterprise, I don't think I'm gonna. I hope I'm wrong. But we, we'll see. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. all I had. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot. I'm, now I'm looking over your notes to see if anything grabs me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take more notes. I... I I spend more time making half jokes that I can then try to turn into real jokes later while I watch the episode than actually watching the episode. <laughs> that that tends to be my my approach. I tend to miss key plot points as I'm so, okay, there's probably a joke here. Hang on, I think I can work with this. Yeah. <laughs> What'd that guy say? Well, I asked who that guy was. <laughs> All right, you got a quote for us? Yeah. Uh, Kate, Kate, summing up everything about, I know about uh, the Doctor in general. No opera. So we're basically just using our quotes now to critique the show. Yeah, pretty much. I'm fine with <laughs> What's that. What's a holodeck? No opera. <laughs> yes, take those two things out and it would get better. But they did take out Neelix, so let, let's never forget that. Yep. <laughs> no opera, Doc. Yeah. What's opera, Doc? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's it for this time. Yeah. Um, we got the finale next week, and then we're done. Yeah. No more Voyager. Uh, we we had initially planned. Oh, here's here's the thing that we hadn't really talked about yet. Yeah. We had initially planned uh, uh, around Christmas time. We like to team up with our our friends, uh, English Gav and Irish Gav, uh, late of the Drunken Time Travel podcast. Mm-hmm. Um to review things that aren't Star Trek, take a little break, hang out with our friends and, and do something a little different. And uh, we had talked about the possibility of doing more than one of these a year just because we enjoy it so much. So we're actually going to do one of these like next, like after the finale yeah, uh, of Voyager between this and Enterprise. We're going to do uh, uh, they picked a thing for us. We picked a thing for them. Uh, they definitely picked a way better thing for us than we did for them. Have you had a chance to check out my thing yet? Not yet. I oh, will. dear. But uh, Irish Gav's only reaction was, well, no one can accuse us of choosing the same kind of thing. (laughs) I like to believe I'm keeping up the tradition of picking the worst thing. 
Well, I think you did, and I don't want to tell people what it is yet because I think it's fun to find out when we get there. Uh, I think you did what I did last time, which is a, a well-remembered thing from your childhood that's probably terrible, but you have fond memories of Indeed, it. Indeed, absolutely. That was me with that show Voyager's exclamation point. No, it, when you were like, I want you to pick something that's sort of like, you know, from your childhood. And I'm like, well, this is what I was watching as a kid. What did I watch as a kid that was an hour long? Oh, right, this turd. Yeah, so so that'll be fun. Uh-huh. Um, but, but furthermore, and we'll talk about this again later. Okay, Enterprise is going to take us about a year, like a four-season show, uh, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, but it takes us about to next June mm-hmm. around. Like, it's only going to take about a year because it's shorter than the other series. Yeah. Then it's on to Discovery, which, like, optimistically, maybe they'll have two seasons by then. Probably not. But let's let's say, for the sake of argument, they've got two seasons by then. They're doing 13-episode seasons, which means we'll then be through Discovery by late summer. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then we're waiting for more Discovery. So what we've talked about doing is sort of reviewing one-off genre shows sort of in between during during the wait. Yeah. Like we like we did before with uh, Voyagers and Sliders. Sliders. And so this is probably what we're going to be doing when we run out of Star Trek and we're waiting for more Star Trek. Just to keep the show going, just to keep us engaged. Mm-hmm. Is kind of wandering through sci-fi fantasy, maybe even a little bit of horror, like hour-long genre shows. And, and talking about them like we talk about Star Trek. Yeah. So, so that that'll be. I mean, it's still going to be another year before we start doing that. But uh, I think I think it'll be an interesting way to spend our time. Yeah. So, uh, also we have a Q and A supplemental coming. So if you have any mail for us, it's uh, postatomichorror at gmail. Um, we got quite a bit of mail. Yeah. Uh, but initially we were going to not do a Q and A this time. We were just going to do our thing with the gavs. But the, the mail just keeps we got coming. So much so. fucking mail. And I can't complain about that because we love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Uh, it just means that there'll be two supplementals coming out that week. Yeah, so, uh, so, so, so look forward to that. Forward to. And and then we got Enterprise to mm-hmm. watch, so there's, there's that. Uh, I, one final thing, I wanted to thank everyone who had uh, donated to our recent fundraiser. Oh, we God, really yeah, thank you guys it. so much. That was so cool. Uh, we did uh, not quite hit the goal we had intended to hit, but we did get enough to uh, get our adventure game going and to get uh, copies of Enterprise for us. So, yeah, so thanks, I guess. The, the two the two main expenses we had to cover got covered. There were a few other things I was kind of hoping for, but uh, the the two main things got covered. So we we very much appreciate that. Uh, technically, the thing is still up. If you want to check it out, I'm just not going to promote it anymore. But uh, but if you were thinking about it and you think it's too late, nah, it, it's still there. I just I hate I hate beating that drum so much. Mm-hmm. I hate sticking out the change cup and rattling it. It's okay. It's it's there if you want, but uh, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna mention it anymore. So. Uh, we do appreciate it, though, and uh, next week, Irish Gav will be joining us to cover the Voyager finale, so look forward to that. Yep, and, uh, you know, uh, give us a, uh, give us a review on YouTube. I haven't said it in a week or two. You you mean iTunes. Uh, iTunes, yeah. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh-huh. Thanks, guys. Make us viral. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 see you, folks. The fuck's my line? The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.